0: Welcome
1: to Sports on a Sunday Morning. There's
2: a swing and a long one. That's a goner for Bader. Touchdown, Kansas City. Johnson pops a three. Uh, the Bayou says I'm involved too. On
1: America's more choice. KMOX.
3: We'll touch on all three of those sports that you just heard in the open. The Chiefs, the Billikens, the Cardinals, and much more sports on a Sunday Morning. BK, we've warmed up to minus two here at Peoria, <laughs> Illinois. Well, you're We're getting there, shape. aren't you? Yeah, we're getting yeah. there. I've got oh. the uh, Bradley SIU game today on ESPN+. Plus. Hope you join that as a little appetizer before Super Bowl 55. The Chiefs and the Bucks kick off just after 5.30 in Tampa. Who you got in this game today, Brian well, Kelly?
4: I'm going to have to go with the Chiefs. Of course, I covered them for about 13 years when I worked in Kansas City, and I have a lot of friends up there who are just on top of the world right now. I'm very happy for them, as they were for me when the Blues won the Cup. So i got to go with the Chiefs. Mahomes is just... You know, As you know, I, I'm no longer a fan of the NFL, but I do catch it every now and then. And Mahomes is a tremendous athlete, and uh, it is fun to watch him. And so I'm, I'm looking uh, for, the, for the Chiefs to win another one.
3: That he is. They are a great team. And if the Chiefs play their game, I don't think anybody in this league can touch them. I think the problem is Tampa Bay has a defense that's a lot better than people think. I think the Chiefs have a little bit of an issue on their offensive line. We'll see if they can handle the pass rush, and that's the big thing. And then, of course, on the other side, you have Tom Brady, who has shown year after year throughout his career that he is built for games like this. It's his 10th Super Bowl that's more than uh, franchises around the NFL. And he is, uh, I think, going to win this game. I think Tampa Bay is going to win this game by a touchdown. I I like the Bucs in this game. I I just have this feeling that he's going to get the job done, complete the story, and while the Chiefs had an amazing run last year, they had a lot of close games this year, a lot of close games. They did not dominate these games, and – I, I, I think that the Bucks win this game. I, I just have this feeling that Brady is going to find a way to get it done. Not that the Chiefs won't play well. I think it'll be a great game down the stretch. Maybe a little mistake somewhere along the line turns the tide here. Uh, this will be an interesting game weather-wise. You'll see some wind start to pick up later in the day. I, I understand it's good temperature, a little chilly by Florida standards, but 60, no oh. rain at the start. I think they'll be in pretty good shape. I, I want to set up the show, BK, and then ask you about the Blues real quick. So okay. well, here's what's going on. We've got a lot going on in sports outside of the big game today. So Super Bowl, obviously, we have a Chief Super Bowl special at noon, but I'm going to work our way backwards a little bit. We lost Leon Spinks on Friday night at the age of 67, former heavyweight champion of the world, St. Louis, and beat Muhammad Ali in 1978 after winning gold in 76 and Ron Jacober was at that bout in 1978 he covered it for news channel 5 and he's going to join us on Sports on a Sunday morning at 11.45, just before our Super Bowl special. 11.30, we're joined once again by John Moselot, Cardinals president of baseball operations, with everything the Cardinals have made headlines for the last week plus. We look forward to chatting with him. 11.05 up until then, Ozzie Smith will give his thoughts on Nolan Arenado as he surprised John Costello and Dave LaPointe, my two good friends, the former Cardinals, on the Garage Happy Hour. That was fun. We'll start the 11 o'clock hour off with, that 10:45, just before that, Travis Ford, the head coach of the Billikens, great win for them yesterday, 70 to 59 over Saint Bonaventure. At 10:30, Mitchell Smith, who had the block that sealed the game for the Tigers against Alabama after being up 22, they hold them off. Alabama closed within one, had a chance to win the game. Mitchell Smith with the play of his life, and he's a former pitcher, by the way. Likes the Cardinals quite a bit. I, I'm interested in talking to Mitchell Smith once again. I love chatting with the Tiger forward. And at 10:15, Brian Barnhart, the voice of the Illini. I believe that Io DeSumo is the best player in college basketball. And we'll talk about that and more after Illinois' big win over Wisconsin, 75 60. So, BK, was not a good day for the Blues, and they're really struggling here against the Arizona Coyotes. They're 0 for 13 on the power play in the past three games against Arizona. Here's Captain Ryan O'Reilly. It's, it's tough. And, I, you know, if I had the answer, would, we wouldn't even probably be talking about it. Uh, um, it's, uh, yeah, it's difficult. You know we've we had some decent looks at at times tonight but still we're just not not finishing and um as the guy in the middle like i gotta find ways to to help create more and 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 win these battles and and just open open stuff up more you can tell we're we're heavy you know we're we're heavy in a bad way in the sense that we're you know, we're not light and just trusting our, our natural instincts. And. and that's the same for the five-on-five five game, Brian. There's just not a lot of trust going on. You can see that. Ryan O'Reilly sees it. What do you think's going on as the Blues lose yesterday 3-1? to
4: one. I don't know. I mean, I it looked to me yesterday like there were a lot more like hope passes, uh, just kind of dumping into an area and hoping your guy gets there first and, and turnovers like that even in the defensive zone. Uh, you know, a lot of it's want to. You got to get to the net. You got to set screens. You know, when they scored a couple of power play goals was uh, a few games ago, it was because guys were in front and the goalie never saw the puck or it was too late by the time they did, or you get a deflection. That's how you score in the power play. And uh, they're not doing that at this point. And I think once the power play starts clicking, it's going to be, it's going to be great, but boy, you know, they're squeezing their sticks to use an old cliche. And, and they need to uh have some success and, and breed some success but you got to work for it and i think that's maybe what they're they're lacking right now phoenix arizona or arizona phoenix whatever they're called this year they uh you know they they have their number uh, it's been a tough go against the coyotes the last few years and i don't know why that is
3: we had a, a very good performance i thought by St. Louis and Clayton Keller. I think that's a mm-hmm. neat thing for him to be able to score at home. Power play goal. And uh, the Coyotes win the game 3-1. to Villahuso was not bad. He st- performed on his 26th birthday. It was not bad. They need to play better in front of him. Uh, and then, you know, the other thing is just Arizona, for whatever reason, has the Blues number. I mean, they just have done this over the last few years. They're 8-3-1, I believe, is the record against them over the last four seasons. So, it's just strange. They are 8-3-1 and one since the start of the 2017-18 season. And that's so it's, inexplicable. It's odd.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And uh, I was going to mention something else about the Blues, uh, and I can't think of what it was.
3: <laughs> uh, nice fight. I, we saw a little rumble there yesterday. We yeah. saw a fight with uh, my man Braden Shen was involved. Mm-hmm. Um, I, uh, I hope that uh, Robert Thomas yeah. uh, is good to go.
4: Apparently that's a wrist injury. Is that right? That's,
3: that's what I understand. Yeah,
4: that's what I understand. So that can be uh, for a hockey player. That can be pretty tough. So let's hope he is. He's back. He got on the board yesterday, which was good to see him get that goal. you know, hard work there on his part. Had a couple cracks at it, and then finally got to an angle where he could he could put it in. Uh, but yeah, they, they. I don't know what they just got to play with more. Desire, I think at this point. And again, I don't yeah. know what the deal is with Arizona, but they had just Weird. owned the blues and that makes no sense at all.
3: Yeah. It's really strange. So this is like a four game series, uh, but the blues are about to get swept, I guess, in a four game series uh, is kind of how these things go. It's, it's not been fun. Uh, the blues have lost back-to-back games for the first time yeah. this season and they'll play Arizona, Starting tomorrow, another game for him at 7 o'clock faceoff. BK, we appreciated all the news and a little hockey talk to start the show, as always.
4: Always fun, Tom. Thank you so much.
3: Brian Kelly with us on Sports on a Sunday Morning. Brian Barnhart, the voice of the Illini, is next. We're going to get into everything sports this morning. Sports on a Sunday Morning until noon today in a Chiefs Super Bowl special. After that, back in a moment.
1: From KMOX Sports, here's the pitch. Welcome back to Sports on a Sunday Morning. Oh!
3: America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Tom Ackerman with you. A lot coming up, including Mitchell Smith of the Missouri Tigers, Travis Ford of the Billikens. Both will join us live this hour. Next hour, Ozzie Smith talking about Nolan Arenado and visiting with his old teammates, John Costello and Dave LaPointe with me on the Garage Happy Hour, 1130, John Mosellock at 1145, Ron Jacober on the passing of Leon Spinks. And Ron actually covered... Leon's win over Muhammad Ali in 1978 so we'll get into all of that before our chief Super Bowl special at noon right now we're joined by the voice of the Fighting Illini Brian Barnhart great to have you back on KMOX I talked to you about a month ago on this show about Io DeSumo how I thought he was one of the best players in the country I'm going to amend that Brian I think he is the best player in the country how are you doing <laughs> well
1: I'm doing good Tom on a sunny three degree morning in Champaign so it's a uh, good to be on with you and um i can tell you yeah he um he cemented his uh, stamp on that game there's no doubt but you know luca garza is a great player at iowa uh, he can do a lot of great things but uh, man it's hard not to to put iowa in that same category if not slightly above he was so dominant yesterday uh and he's been you know similar numbers you know 20 points 7 rebounds 6 assists or and he's gotten somewhat close to a triple double but uh, between him and Kofi yesterday, uh, they were the dominant stamp on the game against Wisconsin.
3: Yeah, Wisconsin takes a loss 75-60. Coburn was very strong, as you mentioned, 23-14 and for him. And Io with 21-12-12. It really is a dedication to both ends of the floor. How would you evaluate him defensively, Brian? How do you look at Io DeSumo from that standpoint?
1: Well, he's he's improved so much from even his freshman year, and uh, just the way he his length and his athleticism he he is such uh, you know it's funny to watch because Trent Frazier went from being our lone top scorer you know three years ago to a terrific defender and uh, and now can score a little bit again we've needed him to score but you know IO defensively just his length and his speed and his ability to recover. Um, he has improved so much defensively. He was, you know, as a freshman, he was so talented offensively, you knew he could be. But uh, to round into what he's become, uh, just an all-around defensive player and on offense, um, that's why I think his his family and he decided to to make that third year back in Champaign because, you know, that part of his game still needed some work. And it's just been fun to watch him blossom on, on both ends of the floor.
3: Not that this is a two-man team by any means. There's a lot of of contributors here. But the two-man game between DeSumo and Coburn is fascinating to me. I think that they're very, very hard to guard. And Io is finding Kofi, isn't he? And likewise, Kofi has really come into his own as a post player. I mean, the ferocious dunks he's had, I said probably five times watching that game. Wow, whoa. You know, just – and against my Hoosiers too, just the violent dunks that kind of took us out of the game.
1: Yeah, we counted uh, 12 in the last two games, Tom. Of course, eight yesterday. Uh, we were having some fun with it on the air. Doug Altenberger was doing the game with me, and he started his own little dunko meter, meter uh, during the course of the game because of the ferociousness and fierceness of the dunks. And it's funny, when we were in practice uh, a year ago and we're around the team more than we currently can be now, but, I mean – the coaches were constantly telling Kofi, Kofi, slam the ball. You're the biggest guy on the floor. And for some reason, he seemed to always want to do a little extra step or lay it up against the rim or, you know, and I don't know how many times in practice uh, Brad or one of the assistants was like, you know, darn it, Kofi, you're the biggest guy on the floor. Just rip the rim off. And uh, it's starting now where his footwork has gotten better around the basket. We saw a little 15-foot jumper from the free throw line yesterday. But he's added a you know a little bit of a left or right-handed uh, counter uh, move, or you know if they're going to offend me this way, I'm going to spin up and under and go around, and you can see that because he's a student of the game. He works really hard, even in those practices when he was um, you know getting yelled at, so to speak, uh, and in, you know told by the coaches do this or work on this part of your game. He was very receptive to it. He didn't he didn't take it the wrong way. He adjusted his game accordingly, and now is starting to use his size and his ability to his advantage, uh, really, especially here in the last few ballgames.
3: The win against Wisconsin, this was surprising to me. First win over Wisconsin in Champaign in 10 years? That doesn't seem right, but I guess it is. I mean, Wisconsin's been so good, and this is kind of the resurgence, the comeback season for Illinois. They're just handing it off to everybody, aren't they?
1: Well, absolutely, and yeah, it'd been so well let's see Wisconsin over those ten years, Tom had beaten seven straight times, and in fact, I think the stat was in the last twenty nine games against Wisconsin going into yesterday, we had only reached seventy points against them one time, and that was last year, and that was seventy one seventy so uh you know to to be up that much on Wisconsin, which is a very hard team, as you know, to get ahead of uh they're usually up six or eight or ten most games. And they kind of grind you up that way. Um, Illinois never really, once they got a double-digit lead, I mean, it got down to seven a couple of times. But they never really let them get back in the game, and they dominated the glass. Now, part of that had Wisconsin kind of gave up on rebounding. They just peeled back a lot. But uh, still, to have that kind of rebound advantage, and and one of the coaches had told me before the game that the key to beating Wisconsin, one of them, is to – limit their offensive rebounds and don't give them second chances to run down the clock, run down the shot clock. And they had one offensive rebound up until the final 10 seconds of the game. So that was pretty impressive.
3: Yeah, absolutely. You know, one of the funny things I posted on Twitter last night, I don't know if you saw it, but I said that Io DeSumo is the best player in the country. And I got a lot of support, of course, from Illinois fans thanking me for that. But uh, around the country, some people chiming in and, Uh, countering with other players and saying that one the funniest one was somebody said don't be such a homer fan (laughs) i found that (laughs) hilarious (laughs) as as someone who grew up a mizzou fan and then went to indiana i'd be the furthest from a, a illinois homer fan although i do respect him uh you know they he scored 10 points against indiana on tuesday and i was uh Personally thrilled about it because I thought that gave Indiana a shot to win and still couldn't win. Uh, He's such an effective (laughs) player, and Coburn is so strong, and they have such a great supporting cast. I really think that Illinois is a threat to go deep into March and maybe even April. Brian, here's the thing, though. uh, Now they have to wait a little while, don't they? I mean, Michigan has been shut down for a while. They're next on the schedule. How do you look at this uh, from an Illinois standpoint?
1: Well, I don't think Brad's real thrilled with it, uh, to be honest. I, we just went through that. Um, and again, none of this is Illinois's doing. It's been, you know, issues, COVID issues with the other teams, either Nebraska or Michigan State, uh, as it turned out, and now, of course, Michigan. And I think a lot of Illinois fans were looking forward to the fact that, you know, Michigan will not have played or done much of anything uh, in however long it was going to be 10 days. We were going to be their first game back uh, on the 11th, and now that's been postponed. So not only the fact that we were probably going to catch Michigan at a good time, but also what's at stake in the Big Ten race. But the other factor is now with this game, there's three road games that they're going to have to make up. And I realize the road isn't quite the same without the fans, but still you have to travel to, right now, Michigan, Michigan State, and Nebraska – and uh, to get those games in here in the next month, they're going to have to squeeze them in somewhere, uh, and that's going to mean a lot of basketball in a hurry. So, I, you know, another 10-day stretch is not something this team needs right now, A, because they've already done that recently, and B, they've got a lot of momentum, and I don't think they want to give that up.
3: I agree with you. Michigan has not played their last five games because of COVID-19, and we'll see what happens next for Illinois. Before we go, Brian, uh, Brett Bielema, give us the latest on the football coach and his program. He wants to win now, doesn't he? He's going to try to put the pedal down a little bit and try to get this thing done in 2021.
1: Well, he's he's been great to work with early on, and the folks in Wisconsin told me he would be great to work with on my end of things, and you know how that is, uh, working with coaches and managers and, and things like that uh he, he's he's a plus in that area he's very easy to work with and got a great personality and he's hired a great staff a young staff uh, in some respects and folks that have worked with him before either at wisconsin or arkansas or people he's met through the nfl uh with the giants or patriots uh, you build up quite a contact list and so yeah he's uh he's hitting the ground running uh you know he's doing he's phoned the Illinois High School Coaches Association, I think multiple times he's talked to uh, different coaches around the state wanting to focus on recruiting the state a lot better uh, in that regard. And uh, so he's, uh, as he said the other day, he goes, you know what, though, I haven't lost a game yet, so I'm pretty popular, but uh, no, the, you know, the, the honeymoon with the fans is, is still pretty strong, and, and he's saying all the right things, and uh, got several folks, several players coming back, uh there hasn't been the there's been a few that have decided not to come back for that extra senior year but uh a lot of guys are back and i think of the players and the people around the program are pretty excited to see uh you know what happens this fall
3: Well, it's a lot more fun around here when Missouri and Illinois are both good in football and basketball, and that certainly appears to be the case. I think Brett Bielema will get that thing going. Uh, Brian, I really appreciate it. Uh, Just an amazing effort by Illinois yesterday, really, 75-60, but the number that I look at is 46-19 on the rebounds. That's just insane. Very good Mm -hmm. performance by the Illini over the Badgers, and great call yesterday, and thank you for joining us on KMOX this morning.
1: Well, Tom, great to be on any time, and have a great rest of
3: your Sunday. You too. Appreciate it. Tom Ackerman with you. Sports on a Sunday morning continues after the break. We'll be joined live by Mitchell Smith, who had the block not only of his season, but of his career. There is no doubt about it. Missouri beats Alabama. Back with Mitchell Smith and talk some Tigers right after this on KMOX. From KMOX Sports. Here's the pitch. Welcome back to Sports on a Sunday Morning. Oh, yeah! On America's Sports Voice, KMOX. As we continue on Sports on a Sunday Morning, we are live and we are... Local, of course, but we'll also be hearing about the Super Bowl in a little bit from Kansas City Chiefs' perspective at noon. Big special coming up, lots of baseball next hour, and right now talking some Mizzou basketball as the Tigers win over number 10 Alabama 68-65 yesterday. What a game that was, crazy game, really. I mean, got down to the wire after Missouri built a big lead, and as it turns out, Mitchell Smith had the play of his career. He had two blocks. One of them was a massive block late in the game. He finishes with six points, eight rebounds, and two huge blocks, and he joins us now on KMOX Live on Sports on a Sunday morning after a 68-65 win over the Crimson Tide. How you doing, Mitchell?
5: I'm doing great. How are you?
3: I'm doing great. It's great to talk to you again. Last time I talked to you In person, I can't wait till we can all get back to in-person interviews, but we were talking inside uh, Mizzou Arena about uh, your background as a baseball player, and I do want to talk about that in just a little bit. But uh, you had some athletic play yesterday, so I want to go backwards a little bit. Came out, and this team was just on fire, weren't you, against Alabama, rebounding the basketball, making plays, can you describe what it was like coming out of the gate yesterday against the number one team in the SEC?
5: Um, it just felt great, really. The locker room atmosphere was great before the game. Guys were locked in. Uh, wasn't much talking going around. Uh, we all just were. We were just ready to play, and it kind of showed in that first half.
3: Yes, he absolutely did. Came out, looked great. Went into the locker room with a 16 point lead, 44 28 second half built that lead to 22 Alabama I think trimmed it down to 13 or 11 at one point then you were able to build it back up but then they went on a run and just from your perspective now Alabama's good Alabama's a very good team they can make shots and they can defend but from your perspective what happened there what did you see as the second half went along
5: uh mainly we wasn't getting good shots we weren't having good possessions like we were before uh we weren't looking to score. Uh, we were kind of just we were just out there, really. And then Bama was capitalizing on that. They started hitting threes. Uh, John Petty just we started going insane, really. And then they were yeah. getting easy buckets at the uh, at the cup. So that's kind of what happened in that little spurt.
3: Yeah, Petty's tough. He hit three three. Uh, he was three of six uh, from beyond the arc. Knocked down three of them, and the tide closed uh, to within single digits. And then suddenly. It was down to one, so the situation was this. Alabama has a chance to take the lead. They cannot. Missouri gets the ball back. Mark Smith gets fouled. He misses the front end of a one-and-one, so here comes Alabama with another chance. Uh, Take us to that chance, Mitchell, as Bama came down the floor and attempted to drive to the basket, which they do. They have a lot of drivers, don't they, And, and you were in position to try to make a play. What did you see?
5: Uh, well, we knew they were going to try to uh, – we were switching anyway because we had all, uh, four guards out there with me, so we could switch off our ways. So we really were just trying to be on our line to, to get a switch because they knew they were going to try to run somebody off for a three or something. But actually, Herb ended up slipping to the basket. And, and Drew made a great play. You know, being on our health side, he came over and made Herb get, uh, do a shot fake just long enough so I could come back and recover and get a block. So, I mean, really, Drew helped a lot. Eggs having his hands up, making that pass hard just so Herb could get a clean pass. And it just came out, uh, and I got the block, really.
3: Yeah, it was a great team effort there, and you went up and made that play. You timed it, didn't you? So, like you said, that was the key. You had a uh, Drew makes that play, gives you a little extra time to get up there and make that. What did that – I mean, <laughs> what does that feel like after a crazy game like that? To so, know it's not over at that point because you still have to get those free throws to go up three, and they still had a chance at the end. But what did that feel like at that moment? Whistles blown crowd the one the, the fans that are in the building are making some noise and you just made some play mitch
5: i feel great really uh i just felt like it was just all raw emotions at that point uh it, everything everything that uh just came out right there getting a big block for my team helping my team win uh that's what i live for so i mean just to help my team win that was big for that was big for our team it was big for our, our organization and everything
3: Yeah it was a huge win Uh, and as I mentioned X comes down makes the free throws they get one last chance at a three they got a bit of a look but it was just too much defense too little time it fell short and Alabama loses the game 68-65 that's a March kind of win isn't it I mean look these games are crazy these are really good teams across the board things can happen of course you want to tie up a couple of those loose knots that uh so so you don't lose leads but in march those kind of games happen don't they you just try to survive in advance as your coach always says
5: exactly i mean it, it might not be pretty uh but at the, end of the day if you win by one uh, it's enough for us we, we just want to win at the end of the day
3: and it was a great win 68 65 for missouri number 18 team in the country beats number 10 another top 10 win for mizzou now After the game, I noticed my friend Ben Fredrickson, the columnist for the Post-Dispatch, wrote that there was a boy wearing a mask, had a marker in his hand, and he was running down the stairs as you all were coming off the floor, and nobody was going to stop him from getting an autograph from you. He went right to you, (laughs) didn't he? What what was that like?
5: (laughs) No, that's great. I mean, just having a kid, you know, see that much excitement uh, about our team, that, that fuels you and just makes you want to play even harder. Because, uh, I mean, the excitement on his face, that, that's something you just – that's pure pure enjoyment. So, I mean, that was great for us. It was great to see, and I loved all of it. Can't wait to have all the fans back.
3: Yeah, no kidding. How old was he, do you think? Can you remember?
5: Man, maybe like seven or eight.
3: Yeah. I remember when I was seven or eight. So – I grew up a Mizzou fan. I was born in seventy five, so this was probably eighty two, somewhere in there. I was about seven years old. John Sunvold and Steve Stepanovich were playing for the Tigers and they lost to Marquette sixty to fifty nine and I cried my eyes out on the way back to the car with my dad. And my dad's consoling me. He's like, It's okay. You know, there's, <laughs> there's gonna be more there are more games to come. And I realized at that point, Mitch, that I was a sports fan. That I was hooked. I knew yeah. That's what I wanted. Uh, For you growing up, and uh, you grew up in – you're from Van Buren, Arkansas. You grew up uh, playing multiple sports. I referenced baseball. Uh, What were some of your favorites growing up?
5: Uh, I'm not going to lie. Manny Ramirez, he was a big one for me. Uh, David Ortiz, I was a big Boston uh, Red Sox fan, so I used to watch them a lot. Uh, I had a lot of baseball players that I enjoyed watching. But, yeah, probably Manny Ramirez and David Ortiz are my favorite players.
3: And growing up in Arkansas, now that's Cardinals country, is it not?
5: It is. It is Cardinals country.
3: <laughs> and so, I mean, I
5: we, have, we are Air yeah. Cardinals fans, actually. Uh, my uh, my uncle actually played for the Cardinals uh, right in so we do have some ties to the Cardinals. Sure.
3: Yes, sir. That's a great connection. And then you, as I mentioned, were a pitcher. You and I have talked about this before, uh, about the art of pitching and – that you still do watch uh, baseball and and think about this thing. It's hard not to. I mean, if you have that in your brain, you know that that's uh, something that you have experience with and you can watch the game sort of from a, from a different point of view.
5: Oh, for sure. I, I just used to think pitching was the uh, craziest thing ever. Like, I used to just love to go out there and throw the ball as hard as I could. And then, you know, as you got older, they try to teach you different pitches, curve balls, change so I just thought just being able to control the whole game that was the most fun part about it. Uh, but yeah, pitching that was that was a very high spot for me.
3: And you were um, remind me how tall did you get when you were pitching, Mitch? Uh, I was six eight. Okay, six eight. Yeah, and you're you're what six ten now? Six eleven?
5: Six ten. Yeah, six ten now. Six
3: ten. Yeah. So six eight pitcher. I mean, that's that can be intimidating. Did you get? Uh, did you have some thoughts? I mean, obviously, basketball was a huge part of your life, too. But did you have some designs on maybe continuing that at some point?
5: Oh, yeah, for sure. I actually wanted to do that way more than basketball. But, you know, when you just grow that big, you don't really get a choice. They're kind of like, yeah, you got to go to the basketball court being that tall. But, now pitching and baseball is really the path I wanted to take.
3: Yeah, and and uh, you know who knows maybe uh, you know you you can always have that as part of your life. That's for sure. Mitchell Smith is with us, the Mizzou basketball player, and uh, just one more thing about your team. I think that one one of the things about you that I really appreciate is that you've been here through the ups and downs, and now you've been able to see your coach Conzo Martin uh, get rewarded for his patience and his. Uh, perseverance. has really pushed forward, and now this team's in a position to be really good. What, what I guess, uh, would, when you look back on this journey, what would you think about with regard to your time at Missouri under Coach Martin?
5: Uh, this, this how he turned turned me into a man. He turned all of his players into men. Uh, it's more than basketball at the end of the day for him. Because I mean, we're on our last trip, on our last road road trip. We took uh, a trip to the museum down in Alabama. And it just shows us, you know, a lot about our history, uh, a lot about the country's history, and it just made us think everything that we do has a has an effect on the uh, future. And he just he just has us out here working like working like professionals. There's, we go into the gym every day, we work hard, and he's also teaching us life lessons at the end of the day. So, cause Mar, cause Mark has done a lot for this uh, for this school, and it's great to see him being rewarded now.
3: Yeah, it's neat. He's like a a father to all of you during the basketball season, and certainly I know a big part of your lives always will be. And someday, Mitch, you'll be able to tell your grandkids about the block that you had against Alabama that won the game. There's (laughs) a lot of basketball left. There's a lot to come, and who knows knows how far this team can go. But I know it's a lot of fun right now, isn't it? Uh, I look forward to seeing what's next for you. Yes, sir. Thank you. Absolutely. It's going to be great. Mitchell Smith, thanks for joining us on KMOX. Really appreciate it. No problem. Great to have him. There he is, the Mizzou forward. That was fun. Uh, good to chat with him. But you know what? I really appreciate uh, Mizzou and what they've done in providing all these players. We've had some great chats with the players and R.J. Leighton at the University of Missouri and uh, Nick Joson, and all those great people have set us up with players throughout the season. We really appreciate that. It's been a nice perspective to get to know these guys. Missouri wins it over Alabama, 68-65. Coming up next, SLU wins 70-59 over St. Bonaventure. Travis Ford, the head coach of the Billikens, is standing by live. Back in a moment. From KMOX Sports. Here's the pitch. Welcome back to Sports on a Sunday Morning. Oh, yeah! On America's Sports Voice, KMOX Tom Ackerman back with you on KMOX. It's 1047, and we're joined by the head coach of the St. Louis Billikens, Travis Ford. You talk about a big win. How about your first win after not only losing two tough games against Dayton and LaSalle, but winning a game for the first time in the Atlantic 10 and for the first time since your pause due to COVID-19. Travis Ford. Uh, whichever way you look at it, it's a big win. Maybe the best of which is against a really good team, wasn't it? Seventy to fifty-nine over St. Bonaventure.
2: Yeah, it was, Tom, and uh, great to be on with you this morning. Um, yeah, it uh, it's been a long road, and we're still on the road. We still got a long way to go to get to where we want to be. But I think last night uh, it's definitely a step in the right direction. Uh, we have been through more than you could even explain uh it, it's been crazy but even if we hadn't been through that last night would have been a big big win because St. Bonaventure's a you know one of the, uh, along with us one of the better teams in our league one of the best teams they were actually in first place and uh their numbers have been better than ours over the last week or so so uh it was a big uh, big game for both of us and uh it was good to get a win definitely a step in the right direction
3: Absolutely! What a win it was! You got out to an early lead too. I'm sure that was something that you absolutely felt like you needed, didn't you? Just get out and and get a hold of the game.
2: Yeah, you know we had we got some really bad taste in our mouth right now. You know, headed into the game, just weren't real happy with ourselves. Uh, you know, it was a long trip back from La Salle uh, on Wednesday. You know, we got stuck at La Salle. We actually got onto our plane at about. Oh, about 11:30 at night in Philly, and had maintenance issues. Had to get back off, go back to the hotel, and didn't get back home until Thursday night, uh, about six o'clock. So, uh, you know, it was a long trip, and uh, you know, again, weren't real happy with how we played at all. And I think you saw some of that uh, at the beginning of the game. Uh, You know, we did come out unbelievable. I knew, you know, I knew St Bonaventure would make a run back. But uh, we made another really big run in the second half to give us a good good margin of
3: victory. You did, and you had a really nice game out of Javante Perkins. 21 points, but he scored 17 of them in the second half. And he got it going. He is a scoring machine, and he can do it from so many different ways. And that's not all he did, really. I mean, he was kind of everywhere, wasn't he?
2: He was, you know, again, uh, somebody who had really struggled Wednesday night. I think he went three for 15 or something Wednesday night at LaSalle and really struggled, and his scoring is important to our team. And we know Javante can get hot. He struggled in the first half yesterday, really struggled, and then uh, he just turned it on, scored a lot of consecutive buckets. We started running quick hit plays for him, um, and he, he – can separate the game pretty quick by himself. And he can do it in multiple ways from three, from from he made free throws yesterday, He got to the free throw line, something we've been trying to encourage him to do more of because he is such a, a really good free throw shooter, uh, you know, getting to the rim. And then, you know, he's done a much better job of finding the open man when he does draw a double team. So, but everybody yesterday, Ty, everybody contributed. Right. You know, we got good minutes from everybody. Jimmy Bell came in, gave us great minutes first half. Martin Linson. Backup center to Hassan French, man, he was probably played the best he's played all year long down the stretch. Demaris Jacobs, I can go down the line, everybody played well yesterday.
3: Yeah, I was going to mention Linson next. Uh, You made a point on your coach's show, which airs on Monday nights at 6, and you can watch it in the morning, which is kind of fun. You can see how a radio show is made on Facebook Live at 10 a.m. tomorrow, but you made the point a couple weeks ago about Linson and his importance to the program. You now have that big man, and and there it is yesterday, a perfect example. You're able to bring him off the bench, and you're right. He had some big buckets inside. He didn't miss a shot. He had a couple of big blocks, but that is a huge lift to your program, isn't it, to have a big man like that. Now you can roll a couple of them out there at least.
2: Uh, No doubt. You know, we kind of have broken our seasons up into two seasons already, but earlier in the year when, uh, you know, when we were playing well, I did. I attributed a lot of uh, to him because nothing against Jimmy Bell. Jimmy Bell had some a, a serious injury preseason, but what Martin Linson gave us is experience. Uh, somebody who you know you can go to a big body because you know we have struggled a little bit when uh, when Mar- uh, when Hassan French has gotten in foul trouble, and he has a tendency to do that. Did it again last night. Uh, but Martin Linson gave us great, great men as well as Jimmy Bell first half. But just the experience Martin brings has uh, paid, you know, big dividends for us.
3: You had Jordan Goodwin coming off the floor yesterday. Uh, there's a video of him as your team is entering the tunnel, and he's just showing a lot of joy and emotion. And this is uh, a sign of, of I think everybody feels it and expresses it in different ways. Somebody, whoever – survives you know we always say survive in advance in the postseason whoever survives and wins this whole thing is going to be a memory of a lifetime and probably should write a book about navigating maybe everybody should of navigating through this because it's just i i I guess really the mental grind and overcoming it is the most important thing isn't it coach
2: it is and i think you you make a good point we could write a book about because there's so many things that have gone on that even behind the scenes that we haven't talked about different things, people wouldn't believe. Um, it's it, it's just a crazy time for everybody. But when you're out here trying to navigate this in athletics and you're trying to play games and travel and deal with as a party of about 25 people, 30 people who are trying to stay negative, uh, as we know, it doesn't go perfect and things can Uh, It goes south pretty quick, and then you got to get them back. It's just been one of the craziest roller coasters I've ever been on. Um, And it makes it worse when you don't have any answers, when you've never been through something and no one has answers on how to handle something like this. Um, The mental aspect, as you mentioned, the physical aspect, especially as many of we've had that tested positive at one time, we're we're still trying to get back. Yesterday, again, was great for us. Uh, you know, you could see, see the effects of of, of not uh, from our guys just in the locker room before games, after games, practices, because we haven't played well lately. You could just see it in their eyes, wondering what's going on here. Why can't we? What what what's so different? And they're they were wanting to turn it on. We just couldn't. Uh, you could see it in their eyes for whatever reason. And when we got back from Philly, really starting late Thursday night, very late. We didn't get to practice, but we at least met as a team. We start, we started – I could start seeing the change of mentality a little bit. And then we had maybe our best practice of the year uh, on Friday. And, you know, that, again, I keep using the word step in the right direction because that's all it is. We're still not to where we need to be, but uh, at least we were able to get a big win while we continue down this road of trying to get – a rhythm back, trying to get that edge back, trying to get the pop back, uh, get in shape. So uh, it is. It's been a- an incredible story uh, the last month
3: great win atlantic 10 win for Slough over st bonaventure 70 to 59 next up one of those late tips eight o'clock tip on wednesday against rhode island we'll have that here on kmox but before that tomorrow morning 10 a.m you can get your questions in on facebook live for the billikens coaches show with travis ford he'll be with bob ramsey and it's something you can hear on the air, on the radio, on Monday night at 6. But I encourage you to get in on the Facebook Live on Monday morning at 10. It's certainly fun. It'll be on our KMOX Sports Facebook page. And the Billikins will also have a link on their athletic social media channels. Coach, have a great day. Great win yesterday. Congratulations on it. We look forward to the next one.
2: Thanks for having me on. Always enjoy Appreciate it, Tom.
3: Great to have you. Always appreciate you. Travis Ford, the head coach at St. Louis University. When we come back, Ozzie Smith. I had him surprise Dave LaPointe and John Costello, his former teammates. That'll be fun. And then John Moselock at 1130 on
4: KMOX. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds.